0: Hi. Thanks for coming. Hey, girl. Thanks
1: for coming. Hello and thanks for coming, America. My name is Seth. What is yours? Hi, Jamal here. Hi, it's Stony. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Thanks for Coming. It's the most magically gay podcast in all of history. And in this podcast, we are going to talk to you about Stonewall, the Stonewall riots. And it's going to be a little bit different than uh, most podcasts that you get from us. Because, you know, typically I like to think of us as a comedy podcast. And, you know, I'm sure there'll be little elements of that here and there. But um, but yeah, we're going to talk to you about basically the origin of the gay pride parade
2: yes i'm excited to dig into this one
1: yeah yeah i think it's going to be a really fun one so uh hopefully you guys will stick with us through this one and it will be interesting to you because you know this is our podcast and not yours so we're going to talk about whatever <laughs> we want <Aww.
2: laughs> Ooh, and yeah shade but shade if you don't listen to this one you need to do better
1: yeah, you're not a good gay if you've already paused and left. <laughs>
2: That's right. Your membership is at risk. <laughs> Sorry, girl.
1: All right. Well, uh, before we get into that, though, I just wanted to check in. Jamal and Stoney, like, how's your week been? What have you guys been up to? Uh,
2: my week's been good i've been like i don't know what's happening like i just i went to no drinking basically um just socially like if i'm out with friends or if we have plans then i'll have some drinks otherwise i'm not and cutting out dairy and i'm down like eight pounds since coming back from vegas wow like, my pre-vegas weight so that's nice so just roll into summer feeling good here what a
0: square. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like Regina George. You just like lost all the weight so fast.
2: I just want to lose three pounds. Is butter <laughs> a carb? <laughs> no. It's actually not, friends. <laughs> <laughs>
1: what about you, Stoney? What's new with you, girl? Um, not really a whole lot.
0: Just getting back in the swing of things. Um Yeah, not really anything too interesting, I guess. <laughs> well, I'm glad we asked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wish there was like more to like report. I don't know, <laughs> like
2: yeah the weather's pretty pretty shitty here i guess work's been fine for me we have a big office visit next week so like people are coming in from our um corporate office and our canadian offices so that'll uh, be fun
0: oh jamal and i just like planned a cabin vacation for Ooh. september for like kind of a weekend getaway type thing yes we did i'm so pumped it's already just like broke back mountain girl <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we're going to be celebrating paying off student loans um, because... That's kind of where we're on track, so fingers crossed, like our house doesn't like burn down in between
2: now and then. <laughs> oh my wow. gosh. Take it back. Why would you even say that? I don't know, Ugh. girl. Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to that.
1: Yeah. Well, my week um was kind of not too interesting, but I do have a funny story to tell you guys. Uh oh. About my life. <laughs> well, I went to go see the movie Dark Phoenix yesterday. Okay. I liked it a lot. I know that it was a flop, but, um, well, according to the box office, but I thought it was entertaining enough, you know, to be enjoyable.
2: That's good to hear because usually I'm like so easy to please. Like most of the time, I think the opposite of these Rotten Tomato reviews. So um, I would still go see it. Yeah, me too.
1: I know, um I know people are super hateful of like the new X Men, like the the younger, like more uh different universe of that and they wanna see mm-hmm. like their like fifty eighth Wolverine movie. Um however I really love like the God. new X Men class. So mm-hmm. um yeah, there's like so many hotties. We got Nicholas Holt, we got um Evan Peters, yes, the dude Evan. that plays um Quicksilver. Uh, kurt what is the name oh nightcrawler yeah he's cute oh. who else i don't know there's lots of hotties i mean you got magneto whatever that actor's name is i think he's super popular
2: nobody likes change and we'll talk about change on this episode with stonewall and such but listen here people yeah. like wolverine needed to go i never got a storm movie i don't want to fucking hear it so we're right. moving on
1: <laughs> yeah storm was pretty epic in this movie too so i was like yes
2: Oh good. I well, like
0: hearing that. I supposedly like this was the last of the Fox like license so now oh, I think right. Disney is taking uh-huh. back the license
1: so expect a reboot of X-Men. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Rude. But there is a TV show like The New Avengers I think or no it's The New X-Men or
0: yeah, I think it's like a Disney show or something. Is it like the New Mutants or something? Yeah, that what that's it's what called? it's called.
1: hmm but, um, but yeah, so I went to the movie anyways, and I went to AMC. Normally, I go to Regal, um, but I went to AMC this time because they had an earlier showtime, and I didn't want any damn kids in my movie.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. Listen, I like kids, but sometimes you have to do things with no kids around to yeah. fully enjoy it.
1: I like to do pretty much everything with no kids around. <laughs> yeah pretty much everything is more enjoyable without children (laughs) (laughs) so um so i went there and i'm like all right like i'm gonna have like a little bit of popcorn because it's like lunchtime and so at amc they give you like two options it's like the small ass bag or like a wheelbarrow full of popcorn i'm just like uh well i guess i'll take the wheelbarrow
2: (laughs) can i have the wheelbarrow can i get the butter on the side
1: yeah <laughs> Actually, never mind. You can put it in there. I'll mix it myself. And then they put like a big shovel in there. Yes. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> but um so i'm like and then he's the the guy that was helping was very nice but he's like do you have our like award rewards card and i'm like no it's it's fine he's like it's really good like you can get like free like refills and like if you need like another <laughs> wheelbarrow popcorn you could come back and get a refill in the movie <laughs> and, and i'm like you know what I, I no, thank you really this is this is plenty
2: that's dangerous
1: yeah <laughs> and then uh then so he goes and he makes the little fills up the the wheelbarrow and he rolls it out and he's like this is all you get and i'm like (laughs) holy shit this is all you're gonna get and i'm like that's (laughs) fine i don't need any more than this listen (laughs) give this
2: guy a raise he is selling it he's like i know all you get girl are you sure
1: i was (laughs) like you're not my mom i can do whatever i want (laughs) god damn it <laughs> I know so then I was like okay cool and then I walked off and he's like That's you sure great. as I'm like walking off <laughs> he's like are you sure you don't want the rewards card <laughs> 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 it's like it's fine no
2: bitch leave me alone i
1: sprinted to my movie theater
2: <laughs> i know that's right go away <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, so like of course like i didn't even finish i finished like maybe a little over a half bit so i was half tempted to just come out there and be like just dump it into the trash can as i stare him into the eyes without <laughs> even blinking <laughs> like i don't need your damn rewards card he would have quit he'd
2: throw down his name tag <laughs> and walk out This is the fifth time this week. I quit.
0: (laughs) I would have probably ate the wheelbarrow all full, though. Oh, I know you
1: would have, girl.
2: (laughs) Movie popcorn is dangerous. Like, it's really good. I used to get it with butter in high school. Now I just eat it like without it. It's still good. I can
1: eat some popcorn. Yeah. Let's just say Stoney would have needed the reward card. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah,
0: girl. I would have definitely signed up. I'd be like first question he asked i would be like yes
2: yes, <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> the answer will always be yes thank is you is there only one refill with this or like how does that work <laughs> <laughs> can i get double refills <laughs> girl <laughs> <sighs> this is our cheat day <laughs> i'll just eat three wheelb- wheelbarrows full of popcorn oh
2: shit wear your oh, stretchy Lord. pants girl
1: yeah, wear your eating dress, Queen. <laughs> it's clean free. <laughs> it's... <laughs> <laughs> you wish. Good God. So, yeah, so that was my entertaining story of the week. Um, I went to go see Rocket Man again. And, yeah, so that's my life basically. So, <laughs> why don't we go ahead and get into this show? And uh, let's talk about Stonewall. Yes, history. Honestly. Uh, his <laughs> all right you guys welcome back to our honest tea spill of the week where this week we will be talking about the stonewall riots and this is a very poignant to wrap up for our pride month podcast because this was you know one of the sparks that led to the first pride parade so jamal and stoney and i were like let's go ahead and do this cool topic we'll try a little bit of different content and see what you guys think
2: yeah i think this will be a fun one to get into and dissect and you know just overall talk about it as people in the queer community
1: absolutely all right so let's start at the beginning even a little bit before the beginning so so in a land far far away in a galaxy so close to mars i don't know (laughs) so okay here we go a little bit of history of uh manhattan New York, and uh, so basically the Manhattan neighborhood of Greenwich Village and Harlem were home to a sizable homosexual population after World War One, and w- men and women and... Uh, those who had served in the military took advantage of the opportunity to settle into larger cities like New York. Mm-hmm. New York City and Stonewall are not the first riots in LGBT activism, but it was sort of the spark that really drove it into the mainstream and was really, you know, the the catalyst. It really took the movement and, and caught fire there.
2: Mm-hmm. People had had enough. So this was that moment.
1: Absolutely. So. So, by the early 1960s, a campaign to rid New York City of gay bars was in full effect by order of their mayor, Robert F. Wagner Jr., the homophobe. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. who he was concerned more about the image of the city in preparation of the 1964 World's Fair so the city revoked the liquor licenses of the bars and undercover police officers were to entrap as many homosexual men as possible and these entrapments usually consisted of an undercover officer who found a man in a bar or a public park engaged him in conversation and if that conversation headed toward the possibility that they might leave together or the officer bought the man a drink he was arrested for solicitation girl.
2: Yeah it was super predatory um, We were actually watching like drunk history with Crystal on Marsha P. Johnson and I had forgot this but there was a name for this group. It was like the moral the moral squad or some bullshit. But they were basically a small troop within the police force set out to do these twisted ass missions.
1: Yes, that is true. And I know I have the name for these people in my notes here somewhere. So I know one of the names was the Betty Brigade. Oh, but I can't remember now. So when we get there, well, you'll get there. (laughs) Um, One story about entrapment is in the New York Post uh, where they described an arrest in a gym locker room where the officer grabbed his crotch, moaning, and the man who asked him if he was all right was arrested. Wow. So few lawyers would defend cases as undesirable as these, and some of those lawyers kicked back their fees to the arresting officer. Oh, wow. So the ones that would defend them, the homosexuals. I had
0: heard that like a lot. I don't know where I heard it from, but I, you know, I've watched like several documentaries and stuff, but I remember them saying that like a lot of the rest were like super shady. It was like, even if you just like looked at them, or, like, I don't know, even just said hi or something, they would, like, find a reason to arrest you. Mm
1: -hmm. Oh, yeah. 100%. So, like we were saying at the time, homosexual acts remained illegal in every state except for Illinois. So, we're... uh... (laughs) And uh, (laughs) bars and restaurants could get shut down for having gay employees or serving gay patrons. Kind of sounds like uh, where our country's headed now again. Right. No joke. At least (laughs) in Alabama. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So uh, most of the gay bars in New York at the time, including the Stonewall, were operated by the mafia the italian mafia and they paid corruptible police officers to look the other way and they blackmailed wealthy gay patrons by threatening to out them
2: yeah it's all like a business and i mean much like today thinking back then during those times it's like this is why people feel like they can't trust law enforcement because they're easily paid off uh, shout out to Queer is Fact podcast. They'd done some <laughs> deep research on episode 66 on Stonewall, and they quoted um, numbers as far as like 1,500, upwards of 8,000 that local police were receiving to keep these bars open.
1: Wow. That's really crazy.
2: <laughs> yeah. From the mafia. Like they were paying them to keep the bars open that amount of money per month. Wow.
1: That is crazy. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I've lost my place. All right. We can do this, you guys. So many notes. I know. Sorry. I have a lot of notes. Uh, Okay, here we go. We're back here. (laughs) Okay. We're getting there, girl. Okay, so now you have a little bit of uh, background information leading up to the riots about the uh, culture in New York evolving around homosexuals. So now we're going to talk to you about the Stonewall Inn itself. So I have a little description of Stonewall. That way, when we start to describe like the events that took place, then you can kind of imagine it in your head, like you could um, as a gay person relate to like being in that situation. So the Stonewall Inn is located at 51 and 53 Christopher Street in Greenwich Village. Um, So this, like I said, was uh, owned by the Genovese crime family, the Italian Mafia. Mm And in 1966, Three of the mafia members invested $3,500 to turn the Stonewall Inn into a gay bar. Heyo. Yes. Yes. (laughs) It was previously a restaurant and a nightclub for heterosexuals, but now, I don't know what changed their mind, but they're like, all right, well, this is going to be for the gays now so we can really fuck them over.
2: (laughs) I don't know um, if this has been confirmed, but it's allegedly there were members of the mafia that were also gay. So they were attending the bar and hooking up with patrons of the um, Stonewall Inn.
1: Oh, wow. I didn't hear that. That sounds right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So um, once a week, a police officer would collect an envelope of cash as a payoff as the Stonewall Inn had no liquor license. And it had no ru- running water behind the bar, so the glasses were cleaned by running them through tubs of water and then immediately reused.
2: Yeah, it was, re- like, Seth, think about it. Like, this was a Kappa Kappa Psi at IU water bottle cleaning, but minus the soap, probably. <laughs> yeah. Dip the bottles in a bucket of water and dry them off. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, a girl. That's how Yikes. I did the dishes at several of my previous jobs, too. <laughs>
2: oh, no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oops. <laughs> uh,
2: but they were they were doing their best, right? Working with what they had. As a queer community back then in 69, they didn't really have much. So they're just happy to have it, right?
1: Right. Uh, so there were no fire exits. And the toilets were constantly, like, getting clogged and overflowing. hmm Though the bar was not used for prostitution, drug sales, or any other cash transactions. It was only a bar for gay men in New York City where dancing was allowed. Uh, it was the only bar. And also, only gay men were allowed to go in at first.
2: Right. There was, a call it dress code for lack of a better phrase but yes only cis gay males can get in so not early drag no trans men or women you had to look like a dude act like a dude um, whatever that means back then but if you did not fit that description you were not getting
1: in right and so yeah so kind of uh, what Jamal was saying the visitors to the Stonewall Inn they were greeted by a bouncer who would inspect them through a peephole in the door the legal drinking age was 18 back then, and mm-hmm. to avoid unwittingly letting in these undercover police officers. Okay, so here they—they are. They are also called the Lily Law, or Alice Blue Gown, or the Betty Badge.
2: The Betty Badge. Oh, that's what the officers were called.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, plain clothed officers that would come in to try and like entrap the homosexual. Attendees of this bar.
2: That's just wild. Like they just went so out of their way to try to entrap these people.
1: Right. So these visitors, they would either have to be known by the doorman or look gay.
2: (laughs) Pretty much.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The entrance fee on the weekends was three dollars, for which the customer would receive two drink tickets. And patrons were required to sign their names into a book to prove that the bar was a private bottle club because they didn't have a liquor license but the people rarely would sign their own names
2: right or they'd use um yeah exactly they'd use fake names or aliases
1: yes and there were two dance floors in the stone wall and the interior was painted black making it very dark inside with the pulsing uh you know lights like you would expect to see at a club (laughs) (laughs)
2: red light special baby i'm sure there were like a tons of red lights maybe black lights
1: (laughs) yes girl if the police were spotted regular white lights were turned on signaling that everyone should stop dancing or touching Uh uh-huh and in the rear of the bar was a smaller room frequented by queens it was one of two bars where effeminate men who wore makeup and teased their hair basically drag queen or um trans people could go only Mm -hmm. a few cross dressers or men in full drag were allowed in by the bouncers so they were like you know back then it's not you know you're not getting three seasons of rupaul's drag race in a row right <laughs> you know they right. were like the the drag queens were kind of like frowned upon and considered an an embarrassment of the uh, gay community back then so it's like you know obviously come a long way since then
2: yes it has but it's still very much um something you see in the community today with the way people choose their friends or even how they date it's like oh that's not what gay is to me so you're not welcome
1: yeah, yeah like mask to mask
2: exactly Mask for mask. <laughs> exactly. yeah i mean
0: if you get on like grinder the apps today like not everyone but like you'll see people that are just like oh no fats no femmes, no asians or you know people just like super like racist or trans or that type of shit yeah. but way worse back then obviously
1: <laughs> oh yeah 100 percent Um, Kind of what we were saying. The customers were 98% male, but a few lesbians sometimes came to the bar. Also, um, there were lots of younger homeless adolescent males who slept in the nearby Christopher Park and they would uh, often try to get in so the customers could buy them drinks. Mm-hmm. the age of the clientele ranged from the upper teens and early 30s and the racial mix was evenly distributed among white black and hispanic patrons supposedly
2: yeah supposedly it was a pretty mixed crowd from what i've read and things i've watched as well but um there was kind of like a natural segregation up amongst the groups just because it was very oh this is the mask crowd and these are the cross-dressers and you know very much very that
1: yeah Very much so, and because of its even mix of people, its location, and the attraction of dancing, the Stonewall Inn was known by many as the gay bar in the city.
2: Yep, there was, um, you can definitely tell it was the it spot, even though it was like a hole in the wall, very run down, it was really the only place that people that were in the closet or, you know, people in the community could go and enjoy themselves, and whether they bitched about it or they enjoyed it, people were showing up. regardless (laughs)
1: y'all are still coming
2: that's right
1: (laughs) so let's talk about the the raids police would raid the gay bars frequently and they would occur on average about once a month for each bar
2: yep once a month for each bar and the stonewall really if you think about it the frequency probably could have been much higher without the uh, payoffs that were going on behind the scenes a lot of the raids it's rumored to be they were just kind of going through the motions just to take like a few in here and there and it's also rumored that that was maybe an agreement amongst the mafia it's like okay you have to do your job we'll keep paying you but don't get too crazy
1: right because ultimately they need people to come pay the money to keep their bars open right so many of the bars they kept extra liquor in a secret panel behind the bar or in a car down the street so that they could resume business as quickly as possible if the alcohol was seized during the raid Mm -hmm. the bar management usually knew about the raid's beforehand due to police tip-offs and raids occurred early enough in the evening that business could commence after the police were done yep typically during a raid the lights were turned on customers were lined up and their identification cards were checked those without identification or dressed in full drag were arrested Uh, some were allowed to leave And some of the men, including those in drag, they would use their draft cards as identification, which was kind of interesting, I thought.
2: Yeah. Well, because it was 60. It was the 60s, I guess. Like, I didn't see a draft card until I applied for college, but I'm sure it was like a very different time.
0: Like, are you talking like draft, like army draft? Yeah. Yeah. For like the war?
2: Like the military? Well, I guess like,
0: yeah,
1: Vietnam War was going on. Because every
0: person gets a number. Oh, yeah. Selective service or whatever it's called. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. So women were required to wear three pieces of feminine clothing and would be arrested if they were not wearing that. Mm -hmm. And men that were dressed in women's clothing were taken to a back room and they were inspected by the female police officer. And if they were found to be men dressing up as women, then they would be arrested.
2: Yeah, it was very, um, this is how you dress straight. This is how you dress like a man. This is how you dress like a woman. They were very by the book that way way which society tends to be. This is the way it is or it's not right. Yes.
1: Which is crazy. The period leading up to the Stonewall riots, there was a raid earlier in the week and there was uh this other raid plan that happened on Stonewall which they thought was the police's attempt to shut down the Stonewall Inn for good. Mm-hmm. so um i think now we'll take a quick little break and uh, when we come back we'll tell you about how judy garland threw the first brick to start the stonewall <laughs> riots
2: <laughs> wags will roll be right back y'all
1: hey everyone thanks for listening to our podcast so far thanks for coming All right, you guys, welcome back to Thanks for Coming. I know you guys were probably waiting for us to talk about how Judy Garland started the Stonewall Riot, so here you go. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, if, if none of you get that joke, it's from RuPaul's Drag Race. Sorry. Yeah, catch up. <laughs> so, yeah. So, before we get too far back into it, I wanted to... I did want to read this quote that is by Michael Bedinger, who is one of the people that were at Stonewall, uh, at the riots. And... This quote is about him and he's talking about what really like, you know, what really caused this to become the turning point and what what caused them to go into action, basically. Okay. So he says, all right, my belief in view, it was only serendipity. It was a very hot night and a very warm night that June night. For what it's worth, Judy Garland was buried that afternoon. She was very popular in the community, and I think it was just serendipity that the police decided to raid Stonewall that night. Uh, You can read all about the history, the payoffs, and exactly how it happened. It could have easily just have happened in san francisco i think in san francisco we had several events the compton cafeteria riots and another was another riot that happened a few years before there were a lot of activity going on you know just below the surface level of you know what happened with stonewall The fact Mm -hmm. that it happened in New York and Stonewall was a seminal moment. It's like Rosa Parks or a lot of other things. It just changed forever the nature on how everyone was looking on this and everyone knew it was time. And the movement picked up all over the country and all over the world really started. But it could have happened in San Francisco just as easily. There was a lot of activism going on there around the same issue, too. So my belief, it was just serendipity.
2: That's crazy. Like, before doing any of this um, Stonewall research, like, even in this moment, I didn't know that Julie Garland had died basically, like, a week prior to this. This is just... That's wild.
1: Yeah, RuPaul was right. <laughs> I
0: As somebody... Like, I am somebody that really enjoys history, but I think this is, like... To me, the 60s is one of the most interesting time periods in American history. Just oh, Just because that time... Or that period of history just so many, like, groups that have been shit on just, like, decided um, enough is enough Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. we're not doing it anymore. So, like, I don't know. I just... It's crazy to think, like, the amount of activism that was happening, not just with you know gay trans people but
1: interracial relations
0: yeah just everything was going crazy at that time period
1: yeah definitely it was a time for change a push for civil rights and it was also you know the summer of free love and you know the the hippies and you know just the the liberation and the the creativity and the expression of everything you know Mm -hmm. it was the dawning of the age of Aquarius
2: (laughs) (laughs) very much so penny lane bitch
1: yes girl all right so let's get into the riots so on the night of june 27th into the the early mornings of june 28th in on 1969 yes that's right 50 years ago this week
2: Yep, we're here, Queens. Can you believe?
1: It's crazy that this was 50 years ago.
2: Yeah, it's really, when you think about it, it's
1: not very long ago at all. Definitely not. So, as Michael Bedinger said, it was after midnight on an unseasonably hot Friday night. The Stonewall was packed when eight plainclothes officers or undercover police officers there were six men and two women and they entered the bar so in addition to the bar's employees they also singled out drag queens and other cross-dressing patrons
2: Mm -hmm. they were basically going off of visuals oh they look a little too gay let's round them up first and then we'll get to the others later
1: yeah and they would, uh, they would also try and like shake down the people that looked wealthier. So if you kind of looked like working class and were dressed in your quote unquote correct genders clothing, they would not mm-hmm. harass you that much.
2: Right, and some were even allowed to leave because they looked quote unquote respectable law-abiding citizens
1: right so in going forward with the riots i just want to kind of preface this that a lot of the recounting of this is based on word of mouth so um you know sometimes events were like you know blown out of proportion like exaggerated embellished and embellished like a little bit yeah embellished you know and um so I am just saying that in case we going forward, Jamal is like, wait, no this, wait. Or Sony's like, no this. So so that's just a reason right. why that could happen in the telling of the riots.
2: And keep in mind too, listeners, like Seth is in Seattle, we're in Indianapolis. We've done our own research, but we've also communicated about the research that we've done. But like Seth said, wires may cross and there may be questions. So hang in there with us.
0: And it's pretty well known too, just when... Stonewall story has been retold. Anytime anybody retells it, they always talk about how not everything is like in stone, basically, like right. that nobody knows for sure like who did what but these things happen they just aren't Mm. for sure like okay this person exactly did this right
2: and you've heard it a little bit already halfway through this episode we're using words like allegedly or it's rumored to be and that's the reason why
1: yeah and I also changed all the times they said transvestites to crossdressers because we're like with the times
2: that's right good point
1: all right so accounts vary uh, over exactly what kicked off the riots but according two witnesses uh in the crowd the crowd erupted after the police were um bringing out a woman to be arrested dressed in masculine attire, and this person is believed to be lesbian activist storme delavary yes (laughs) she had was complaining that her handcuffs were too tight and uh so the police started to beat her Mm -hmm. and uh so this time also so as they were letting people out of the bar people would like uh, I guess disperse, but this night people had had enough and they were actually crowding. They would go across the street to the Christopher Park and they were kind of making like a little circle around the uh, entrance to the Stonewall Inn. Mm-hmm. Imagine, so stormy Storme de Lavery, she's being beaten and all of these people, like hundreds of homosexuals and drag queens are out in front just watching this all go down. And so they were yelling things like yep. pigs, copper, and they were throwing pennies at the officers.
2: Yep, they'd had enough. And like, um, shout out to the Nod podcast. It's a really good show. They actually had a whole episode on Stormy. She's basically like a badass um, mix. She's half African-American or black and half white, but she was a fierce stud, y'all. Like, do your research on Stormy. She was a bad bitch. And of course, that's why the crowd, you know, is a mix of we have had enough. And this is also another prominent figure In the queer community, we weren't necessarily on the same page, lesbians, gays, and trans, like all on the same page as a unit. But she was a very prominent figure. So I think this was a trigger in this moment.
1: Absolutely. So after these pennies were being thrown, uh, then followed Bottles and uh, some of the people slashed the, the tires of the police vehicles.
2: Mm hmm. Shit was going down.
1: Yes. You know, another really important person to uh, talk about is Marsha P. Johnson. So I think a lot of times Marsha P. Johnson is credited with being like the first person to like throw the bottles in the start. However, this was not actually the case. Um, She did not, wasn't the one that started the riots. But... To her credit, she was the very first drag queen to be allowed into the Stonewall Inn.
2: Yes, everybody loved uh, Marsha P. Johnson. If you haven't checked out the documentary on Netflix, they do a pretty good job on that story. I was familiar with her story before that. But yeah, she had a presence and the New York scene, she took in young kids off of the street and really took care of them, really giving back to the community because it had given her so much as far as survival goes.
1: Yeah, definitely. Just like Stormy, she was... Another prominent figure. So according to David Carter, who is a historian and wrote the book Stonewall, The Riots That Sparked the Gay Revolution. So the hierarchy of resistance in the riots began with the homeless or street kids, the ones that would hang in Christopher Park across the street quite often. Mm -hmm. And those young gay men viewed the Stonewall as the only safe place in their lives
2: Yep. It was their safe haven. It's like I mean, just think about we just had the three year anniversary of Pulse. Gay bars are supposed to be the one place that we feel safe and we can be ourselves and things like this happen historically. Yeah.
0: I mean that's why like myself, you know, when I was first coming out, going to a gay bar gay bar was kind of my safe place. It Mm -hmm. was somewhere where you could feel you know, like yourself, and I couldn't even imagine back then. It was even more important because, right? You know, they were constantly under attack by people, or not under attack, but always having to like hide your true self. Yeah, so. and I
2: want to say this: like, we have the luxury of having the privilege to come out the way we all did, the three of us, and have those spaces to just walk in and not have to explain yourselves. And the people that were there at the Stonewall riots, they had the safe haven but they still had to defend themselves even in this you know place they're calling home
1: yeah it's it's pretty crazy to think you know our um our gay bars now it's like you just go in you get drunk you get wasted find someone to hook up with preferably not in the bathrooms or somewhere in the gay bar (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) um and then so you know it's like it's a lot different you know we can just we can go in and out more freely we don't really have people that you know come in to give us a hard time typically and we don't have police raids anymore so mm-hmm. it's, it was a way different time back there in the uh, end of the 60s um, so let's tr- talk about Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera so these two are transgender women of color Yes. And they were said to have resisted arrest and thrown the first bottle at the cops. However, um, later, Marsha P. Johnson said in a podcast interview that she had not arrived till the uprising was well underway.
2: Yep. And um, there's also speculation about whether Sylvia was there or not but I think it's kind of similar to Marsha because they were close friends. Um, it's possible that Sylvia showed up much later, just like Marsha.
1: Yes. Uh, so close to 4 a.m. on June 28th, 1969, the police retreated and they, bra- they barricaded themselves inside of Stonewall because you have to think there were um, like eight police officers and like, I think I saw like four, Around 300 to maybe even 400 homosexual, gay people, uh, LGBT Mm -hmm. members crowded around outside against these cops.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Right. And I mean, they're just tearing up their vehicles. They're flipping cars, slashing tires. They push them in there. And this is something that law enforcement was not ready for because... Again, that P word privilege. They just thought that they can go in there and wave their little sticks and arrest everybody. And this was the night where people were like, "Hell no! We're, there's more of us than there are of you. We yeah. are. We've got it under control tonight." <laughs>
1: Right. Because you can only take so much of like being told you're not good enough and being uh, ridiculed and harassed and attacked before you will bite back, basically.
2: Right. Basically being treated like freak shows or circus animals. It's like, come on now.
1: Right. So, like we were saying, the NYPD, they were forced to retreat into the stone wall itself and barricade themselves inside. Mm-hmm. Some of the rioters even used a parking meter. They, they ripped it out of the ground and used it as a battering ram to break through the door
2: holy shit (laughs) (laughs)
1: uh others through beer bottles trash and other objects or impromptu fire bombs that they made with bottles
2: hell yeah that's my team give me the explosives (laughs) what are they called like molotov cocktails
1: or basically (laughs) yeah make it a triple yeah that's exactly it (laughs) (laughs) so um so you know of course this uh shit is going down and then more police officers arrived as well as uh, squadrons of what is called the tpf the tactical patrol force and Mm -hmm. this is basically what you would expect you know we would call them now uh you know police officers in riot gear basically you have the large shields team right Yeah, and they have helmets, and so... They would um, basically, they got together in a phalanx formation, which is basically, you know, shields out surrounding the entire people. And Mm. they were marching in formation down Christopher Street, pushing the protesters. And, you know, they were basically just trying to clear the area.
2: Yeah. Very Game of Thrones. They showed up like the White Walkers were just scattered all over the place. And um, yeah, just more drama, more unnecessary bullshit. Yes.
1: Yes. But the protesters outsmarted the police officers by running away. And then they would circle around the short block of the village and come back up behind the officers. Yep,
2: this is I mean, this is their turf. Like, what do these people expect? And I'm just living for it because we have had enough. I'm all for a revolution. They're giving me life right now.
1: (laughs) Hell yeah. So,, uh, so around four am, things started to settle down. Somehow, nobody were killed or critically injured, though a few police officers were injured.
2: Yep. And um, by revolution, people die in revolutions. This is more of like a very harsh uprising. But amazingly, because there's there's rumors that some of the cops early on in the fight were so um, afraid that they threw their firearms because they knew visibly they were outnumbered. So it's amazing that no one in our community picked that gun up and shot somebody, like, fired. Could you imagine what would happen?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think, like, we were, you know, very lucky that nobody was, like, killed in this. I think that says something, you know, about just you know, being able to protest in a way that doesn't have to result in people getting right. killed. I thought I too, I thought I also read or heard something that when, you know, the riot team sh- or not the riot, like the SWAT team showed up that a lot of the people were like doing, uh, kick lines kick lines like almost (laughs) just kind of like mocking the police like what are you gonna do like we're just dancing out here on the street type situation you know like you need all these we're not posing any threat
2: to uh, like get rid of us fairies like sorry to use that term but that's what they were calling them like you need all of this this ammo to take care of this we're just out here dancing serving you fierce in life and this is what you want to do
0: which (laughs) yeah and that's what like I don't know that's what I love about the gay community or the queer trans community is that we can make like a joke out of anything to be honest we can take the most you know terrible
1: circumstances and make it into something fun some
2: kind of joy
1: (laughs) yes I will I have a little research about what Sony just said because what he said was true and uh, so while the uh, police were marching and trying to push the crowd back they were openly mocking the police Uh, the crowd was cheering and it started an impromptu To kick line, and they (laughs) sang to the tune of a song called "Tara Ra -ra Boom Da," and that is a vaudeville and music hall song, and uh, became widely uh, known as like a protest song. And the people at Stonewall changed the lyrics to, We are the Stonewall girls. We wear our hair in curls. We don't wear underwear. We show our pubic hair. So just imagine like all these queens <laughs> kick lining <laughs> saying that. And these
2: guys are just getting pissed, right? Because I mean, think about it. What if there's like a qu- a closeted queen on the police force and they're just like getting extra pissed because they're just like, you're not brave enough to be doing what we're doing. You need a gun and I just have my best heels on. Right?
1: <laughs> they just got in line with all their best duties and we're doing their kick line. word <laughs> Yeah. So um, despite... Having been torn apart by the cops, the Stonewall Inn opened before the uh, the dark of the next night. Uh, It was not serving alcohol. However, more and more supporters showed up chanting slogans like gay power and we shall overcome.
2: Yeah, this is really like the start of, okay... We're here. This is not going to stop. So we need to keep this going. So supporters showed up. People were really rallying together, especially recounting everything that happened the night previously.
1: Yeah. And the cops came again.
2: Again. To
1: restore order and even more TPF officers. And they were beating and tear gassing members of the crowd. And this continued until the early hours of the morning again when the crowd finally dispersed.
2: Yeah it's just wild like what gives like your your ego is hurt that badly that you have to show up with poisonous gases to disarm these people that aren't even drinking. They're just going to a safe place and being together as people and you're just disrupting this.
1: Yeah and over the next several nights gay activists continued to gather near the Stonewall, taking advantage of the moot the moment to spread information and build the community that would fuel the growth of gay rights movement though the police officers returned the mood was less confrontational with isolated skirmishes replacing riots the previous couple nights Right.
2: I think, um, I feel like, I don't want to speak, obviously, because we weren't there, but if I'm dissecting this and trying to think about what my mind would be going through after that happened, okay, you've had two nights of basically riots how can we be smart about this okay we're not going to be forced back into the closet or into the shadows how can we be smart about this so you kind of have to go through the motions just a little bit just to survive to that next day to make the next move
1: right so you have to remember that the own mayor of new york city was wanting to like you know hide all showings of um you know the homosexuals in new york city that was not a good look for his city.
2: Right. There was some big event coming up or something, right? The World's Fair. The World's Fair. It was being
1: held in New York in 1964, but this was obviously the lasting effects from that starting. Right. Okay. So, um, the village voice, which was covering the riots, which often referred to the, uh, pe- the attendees of the Stonewall as the forces of faggotry. Yep. Um, so some of uh, the protesters swarmed outside of the Village Voice's office, and they called for the burning of the building. And when the police pushed back, writing started again, but only lasted a short time this night, concluding around midnight on July 2nd of 1969.
2: Mm -hmm. The village voice was under fire by our community because they're much more willing to um, publish slurs than facts and what was happening and the lack of humanity that was existing in that community. Wow. Sounds like a cable news
1: channel. I know. Oh, <laughs> hmm. is it named after an animal? <laughs> Maybe <A sly> animal. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the New York daily news also resorted to homophobic slurs and it's detailing of the coverage. And uh, one of the headlines they ran at this time, just so you guys know, uh homo nest rated queen bees are stinging mad. That was one of the headlines in the New York Daily News.
2: Queen bees are stinging mad. Only if Beyonce existed back then.
1: Girl, the hive would have been shook.
2: (laughs) I can hear formation playing in the streets.
1: Yes. (laughs) Yes. all right that was the stonewall that was the stonewall riots so out of the riots in the spirit of the 60s rebellion and it spread to lgbt people in new york and beyond so they for the first time found themselves as a part of a community though the gay rights Mm -hmm. movement didn't begin at stonewall like we said the uprising did mark a turning point as earlier uh homosexual like underground societies um that were like underground it gave way to more radical groups like the glf the gay liberation front Mm -hmm. and the gaa Mm -hmm. the gay activist alliance
2: Yes, um, there are all kinds of groups forming. Now, keep in mind, um, like I mentioned earlier, like the community, it's figuring itself out, really. Like, Stoney and I were talking about this in the car earlier. This was the first time that we were all out together lesbians, gay men, gay cis men, trans men and women. So, we're still very much figuring that out. So, some of these groups were all lesbians, some of them were all cis men. So, we're still figuring that out. But yes, the activism was there and the groups are starting. And some of the groups, too, I,
0: from my research, it seemed like a lot of things I read, like some of the groups were more progressive than others. Yes. You know, some groups were more, I guess, conservative um, in thinking about basically you know, gay only rights, dudes. thinking like, OK, we just want to be like kind of left alone. And others were like, no, bitch, like we're coming out and right. we're going to be in straight places and do what straight people do but be gay about it yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. so I think there was like a lot of um differing opinions whereas like some people wanted to be like kind of more low-key and others were just like nope we're coming out and we're here to like make our mark
1: Mm -hmm. 100% so one year later June 28, 1970, on the first anniversary of the police raid of the Stonewall Inn, gay activists in New York organized the Christopher Street Liberation March to cap off the city's first gay pride week. Yes. So this first Gay Pride Week, as uh, several hundred people, they began marching up 6th Avenue towards Central Park. Supporters from the crowd joined them. The procession eventually stretched some 15 city blocks, which if you've ever been to New York, you know, these are not small blocks. So that's a lot of space. And (laughs) the uh, march included thousands of people.
2: Oh, yeah. A lot of people showed up. Again, they're just keeping that momentum going like we're here,
1: we're queer, get used to it. That's right. And, you know, inspired by New York's example, activists in other cities, including Los Angeles, San Francisco, Boston, and Chicago organized gay pride celebrations that same year. And the frenzy of this activism born on that night in Stonewall would eventually fuel gay rights movements in Canada, Britain, France, Germany, Australia, and New Zealand, among other countries, becoming a lasting force that would carry on for the last 50 years.
2: Yeah, it's pretty epic. Like, that was the spark. It set off the firecracker, and I'm glad it had that impact.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, it was a shame that all of this was going on, but thanks to the bravery of everyone else, you know, they were able to shed a light on the abuses of the police and just the fact that it's ridiculous that we have a group of people that just can't be themselves and they weren't bothering anyone. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just really inspiring to like hear the story and see what they were able to create based off their activism.
2: Yeah,
1: really. And, and really to be recognized, I mean, again, Marsha P. Johnson, the first drag queen to be in the Stonewall Inn, and also a transgender woman of color. This, These are people, mm-hmm. you know, Sylvia Rivera. We have Stormy DeLaVere. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm really bad. But, um, yeah, Stormy. The, these women that were at the forefront of, you know, the the movement, that's where the revolution really started, you know, with them and then the homeless youths that were really kind of defending the only place – that they all felt safe and Mm -hmm. out of that we've made a lot of progress with the lgbt plus rights but obviously you know kind of as we sort of sprinkled through the um the podcast we're not there yet there's still a lot of work to be done especially for our trans uh sisters and brothers and it's especially for our trans sisters of color yes
2: god so much more work to do so it's nice that we can have pride in all these things but it's nice to recount stories like stonewall so we can really get back to our roots and remember why we have the privilege that we do today in the queer community but also realizing that the work is never going to be done it's never going to be done
0: right yeah it's always i don't know It's always a hard thing with anytime you have civil rights, it's always under attack and there's always somebody trying to take it away. So that's why you always have to keep moving forward because, you know, there will always be the other side trying to take back what, you know, you've worked to get. So it's important to remember that. just because you know gay marriage is legal and you know maybe it's more socially acceptable that doesn't mean that you give up and also trans people are still going through hell right now so Mm -hmm. we have to be there for the trans people and help
1: them because they're part of our community right yes
2: we can't pick and choose what we want to do. We all need to be a unit. And like, um, shout out to Fry Gay. I like uh, Maddie's line, check your privilege. Like we all need to check our privilege during this time and just be respectful of what had to go down for us to be where we are today.
1: Right. Uh, you know, just because... We're, we're at a time where it's more accepting, it doesn't mean that the fight is over. There's still so much to be done. You know, we have people in office now that are trying to kind of roll back these rights to the time before the Stonewall riots. And yep. we have to stay vigilant. And when people ask, oh, well, why do they need a straight Pride Month? That's why. This Stonewall riots is why we need, well, one of the reasons, but, um, you know, that's one of the reasons why we have straight Pride or... <laughs> That's why we have gay pride Uh, parades and not (laughs) straight pride parades. Straight pride parades are fucking bullshit. And I saw a picture of a straight pride parade and it was like five like dudes with beer bellies on the side of the road fucking having a shitty ass time.
2: Of course it was. And it's like, oh, this is like a Wednesday for you, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it wasn't even a parade. They were so fucking lazy. They just sat there and did jack shit.
2: And yes, straight listeners, we know it's not all all straight people, but if you're triggered by that, then you need to think about it a little bit because something's not sitting too right within yourself. It's just more understanding
0: that, you know, yes, it's it's more socially acceptable now to be out and gay, but, you know, growing up and even when you're not out, gay people, trans people, queer people, we all grow up with a sense of shame because we're different and we're constantly told that we're not good enough good enough or you know never be we live in a straight world where you know it's okay to see somebody walking like a straight couple holding hands or kissing in public but then the moment you know a gay person does it or trans person then it's you know looked or frowned upon so yeah we need gay pride to feel good about ourselves because growing up we didn't feel good about ourselves.
1: Yeah, and just like the the police in the Stonewall riots, even today the police are letting fucking Nazis walk through our pride parades with loaded guns. So you know not a lot has Mm -hmm. changed you know we talked about that a little bit on the last podcast but not but now that you know the the history of stonewall like it's really scary to see the same exact type things happening today there's a i think he's a mayor or some elected public official and i'm Somewhere in the South, I think it's Alabama, but he wants to start this Make America Straight Again where he thinks the only way to solve the issue is by killing all gay people.
2: Yeah, I wish somebody would roll up on me. That'll be the last thing they do because let me tell you, I'm a black queen and a gay queen, so I've got double the ammo and rage inside of here if you push me in that direction. And that's... Okay?
0: (laughs) And that's the thing. You know, these incidents may be kind of like outliers, but that's why it's important to have leaders in our country that denounce shit like that because the moment you have somebody leading the country that okays it or you know gives everyone the the green light to just be racist homophobic pieces of shit Mm -hmm. that's when they come out of the woodwork so you know as gay people as queer people we all have to come together and say fuck off this is not Okay. Yeah. Yes.
1: We have to stay united. So don't let you know this uh, Russian online bot campaign like stir you up or deter you from you know staying connected with what's happening in the world. You know don't let uh, you know don't let these um assholes like this guy in Alabama get you down. Like just disregard all that negativity. You know we are valid people. We are no different. Actually we're we are different from some people because we're actually nice empathetic and we don't wish for other people's deaths
2: right it's like come on dude like just go eat your fucking whopper junior or whatever the fuck you do yeah and leave us the hell alone
0: right um there is one thing i did want to say um i don't know if you had this in your notes seth or not but one thing that I thought was something very important for our country. And just to see from a president was in 2016, Obama designated Stonewall as a national monument to honor just, you know, that part of our history. Yep. And to me, that was a big deal because there's not been many politicians, especially at that level, the leader of the, our country actually, you know, acknowledge the struggles and acknowledge the fact that, you know, LGBT people have had to go through all this. So it's kind of crazy to think back in the 80s when Ronald Reagan was just letting gay people die of AIDS. And now we had a president
1: that was honoring our community. Yep. That is 100% true, and I do have a few notes about that. So, in June 1999, the United States Department of the Interior designated 51 and 53 Christopher Street and the surrounding area uh, for the National Register of Historic Places, and for the first time, um, the first... uh, The first of significance to the lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender community. And in a dedication ceremony, the Assistant Secretary of the Department of the Interior, John Barry, stated, Let it forever be remembered that here, on this spot, men and women stood proud. They stood fast so that we may be who we are. We may work where we will live where we choose and love whom our hearts desire. And the Stonewall in itself was named a National Historic Landmark in February 2000. Yes. And Barack Obama named it in his second inauguration address also. Oh yeah. I can't find the quote. I but do
2: I do remember
1: that. I think
0: in twenty sixteen he must have made it a part of the national park system or something where it was it was maybe like an additional protection. Yeah.
2: I remember reading oh, about it when yes. it happened.
1: Here. Uh, June twenty fourth, two thousand sixteen President Obama announced that the establishment of the Stonewall National Monument or Stonewall National Monument site to be administered by the National Park Service. So this designation which followed the transfer of the city park land to federal government protects Christopher Park and the adjacent areas totaling more than 7 acres. The Stonewall Inn is within boundaries of the monument but remains privately owned. So yeah, so what Stony said basically so but what Stony <laughs> was saying was that it became um, federal property so that it would be like maintained and protected by the federal government uh-huh nice I wish I could find that quote from um, Barack Obama but maybe we'll tweet it out if we find it yeah if I can find <laughs> where I saw that oh like when it. he
2: when he designated it you mean
1: um, when he, he mentioned the stone wall in his second inauguration speech so I wanted to say that um, that quote too but I can't find it now sorry guys (laughs) before we let you go i'm just gonna peruse my notes to see if there's anything else we should say but yeah anyways so actually one more thing before we leave in june of 2019 there is a celebration planned to mark the 50th anniversary of the stonewall riots and world pride 2019 so that will be held in manhattan across new york city and throughout the world
2: very cool we'll try to stream that online i'm sure there's going to be video somewhere
1: oh yeah so keep tuned and on this coming 28th just remember where a lot of what we have now came from and and all the people that really sacrificed and risked them their well-being to to make our country now what it is and we need to keep that progress going yes god so that is our podcast about stonewall 50 50 years and still going so before we leave i guess is there any sort of uh, message that you would like to to leave us with or maybe something that you're proud of as a member of the LGBT community
0: oh who wants to go first um I can say something I guess so I think for me growing up you know we didn't really at least in the area I was in there wasn't a lot of gay uh support or any type of discussion about gay history so I think it's really important that you know, things like Stonewall and other gay history starts to be discussed and like included in, you know, history books so people can learn about the mistakes and things have happened in the past. So to me, I'm proud of the fact that Pride is becoming more uh, mainstream and that people are talking about it more because it gives, you know, kids that are queer, trans an opportunity when they're growing up so that they're not ashamed of who they are and that they will hopefully grow up in a world where they're proud of themselves and they don't have to deal with shame or of any way or any form of shame.
2: Nice. I think, um, for me being a person of color and, um, also being part of the queer community, I, I identify as a gay man, but I try to be respectful of my, um, trans brothers and sisters and my lesbian sisters and everybody under the rainbow so I tend to use queer more these days but it's so important to acknowledge even the darkest parts of your history it's um thinking back on school now I was a 4.0 student and thinking about AP history and how we glorified our presidents like George Washington and Andrew Jackson when really deep down they were trash and they were just like slave rapists and hunters. Um, Acknowledging all the dark parts to see why we are at the point we are today. That's the same for us in the queer community. We need to remember these stories and not be sad or somber on things like pride. It's supposed to be fun, but remember and respect where you come from. And before you take that shot and twerk to your fave, think about people like Sylvia Rivera and Marsha P. Johnson and Harvey Milk. And I can go on and on and on. Remember those people and check your privilege and just think about it for a second and try to be a little bit more kind and respectful to your brothers and sisters. And even with people filled with hatred, safety first, always. But if you're not getting through to them, leave them be. They're not ready to receive the message. And that's all they want, right? Oh, you're forcing this on me. You're existing, so you're forcing your sexuality on me. We know that's not the case. So try your best to just stay strong and positive and do your best to be the best human being that you can be.
1: Yeah, 100%. You know, I think it's really great. A good thing about the society that we've, you know, come to is that we have shows like RuPaul's Drag Race. We have Pose. We have a Paris is Burning. You know, we have all, the, all this media that shows that it's just okay to be who you are. You know, we have people like our divas. We have people like, you know, back then it was Judy Garland. There is actually a Judy mm-hmm. Garland movie coming out in the future, in the near future. Yep. So that is something that I would be interested to see because... I mean, she didn't throw the first brick at Stonewall, but I mean, (laughs) (laughs) clearly she was, you know, one of the inspirations to some of the people, if not, you know, not all of them. But Mm -hmm. I mean, that has changed. You know, we see people like, you know, some of the biggest pop stars, even just um, within this last week, Taylor Swift performed at the Stonewall Inn.
2: Oh, you know, I don't like Taylor Swift. And um, (laughs) I don't know if this was calculated or not, but good job, bitch. I'll give you that. At least it wasn't Arian Perry. (laughs) Yeah. yeah Lisa was not and Perry yeah true it's
1: like maybe we're not like ta- Taylor stans but I respect her for what she has started to become more of a voice
2: for the game 110%
1: yeah I, I, I like her for the message that she stands for some of her music's okay yes. but I respect her for what she's doing Um, you know we have people like Lady Gaga we just saw her you know there's a whole song called Born This Way where it's like it doesn't matter who you love it's just just be yourself is the whole message. Of the song, mm-hmm. so so it's that's great. an anthem, yeah, one hundred. And uh, so yeah, we have all these people in the media, we have all this media, we have all these divas, we have all these people in pop culture with lots of visibility speaking out. So I really hope that this gives you know the the younger. People in our community just sort of finding themselves or maybe not quite there yet, inspiration that they can be themselves yeah. and that there will be people that support them, even if it's not mm-hmm. the people that gave birth to you. There are people out in the world that will help support you. And it gets right. better. So hold on.
2: Yeah, that's that's a great message. It does get better, y'all. Um encourage your allies. Like we really need those voices. Like, you know, we might not be the biggest Taylor Swift fans. Now listen, that nineteen eighty nine album was great. Okay. That was really good. I love Out of the Woods. <laughs> but- <laughs> yeah, I do too. Wildest dreams. Oh my God, that's Welcome this is my to jam. New York. So- <laughs> that's good too. <laughs> but um, this is what we need. We need the allies speaking out. It's very much like the um, people of color movement. Like we can only say so much it's not our job as black people as brown people as queer people to educate everybody we are tired of doing that so we need more of like our allies and white allies specifically to speak up on our behalf don't speak for us but you know support us and show that support so the tide catches on
1: right Yeah, like, um, you know, back then there weren't people like this, you know, of course, Judy Garland was a big icon for the community. But I mean, you know, our people that we have now are sort of like the Marsha P. Johnsons and the Stormies of, of now. Mm-hmm. so you know um because back then there weren't people like lady gaga and there weren't people like taylor swift and people like looked to marsha p johnson and all these other people of color and members of the lgbt community as sort of their their figureheads
0: yep yeah and just it's a, it's easy to like get on social media and hear and see the negativity that people put out there but Just remember that, you know, progress, I think Obama said this one time, but he said progress is not a straight line. So Mm -hmm. yes, we've made progress, but there's always going to be backlash a little bit to what you're doing and what, you know, the progress that you've made. So don't get frustrated, you know, just continue to do what you do and
1: keep promoting and, Mm -hmm. you know, fighting the fight
2: one day at a time
1: and love yourself, even if you aren't you know, finding luck in the love department or um, whatever, you know, there's always hope for something good to happen to you. So just love yourself. And, you know, you are valid, you are a valid person, no matter what anyone tells you. So um, if you are someone that is not in a supportive environment, and you need somebody to reach out to. Our email is definitely open. We, you know, have several people that we speak to regularly, just as friends, you know, of the podcast. Mm-hmm. But we're also, yep. you know, willing to help, you know, support as much as we can. We are busy people, so be a little bit patient, but we will get back to everybody. So all of our um, contact is um, down below in the notes of the podcast. So feel free to reach out. Yes, listeners,
2: you know where to find us. Thank you so much for rating and subscribing and reviewing us. And remember this you are loved. TFC loves you.
1: And if (laughs) we love you, girl, we do. And if someone you know that isn't subscribed to our podcast needs to hear this, feel free to pass this episode along. Yep. We needed to
2: hear these things at some point in our lives, the three of us. So we want to pass that on.
1: Absolutely. So with that, we are going to end this podcast. And, um, Thanks for coming, guys. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye, girl.